it's really hard to you if you know that you are that step close for your dream just to get graduated and start and you're not able to go to university yeah so for me the university was closed because of it was too dangerous well it was not closed but you never know when for example a rocket could fall on you or or, or oh, a, 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 a party could could kidnap you for example just for asking for money or something yeah so you never felt like okay it's safe you know and you don't even have the power to provide anything because yeah because it's it's not showing you that there is a reason of of keep fighting in 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 your own country just to fight for your dreams even Welcome everybody to a new episode of Business Podcast Groningen. Today I'll be speaking in English. We're doing this uh, interview with a very special guest who I will uh, soon introduce. Uh, our show is a, a podcast on Spotify. We're also uh, having a video version of it on YouTube, which you are probably watching right now if you see this. Um, today we have a very special guest, as I said, Arjat Al-Servawi. Um, he's the uh, founder and CEO of Consultech, a training and cons uh, consulting company, uh, self-development coach and instructor at the Alpha College College in Groningen. Previously. Yeah. Previously. Uh, a project leader at a Forbuild Allochtone, uh, exemplary uh, newcomer. Uh, my uh, my free translation. Uh, it's an organization that's uh, active in empowering newcomers in the Dutch society and to offer them a podium uh, to speak on. Uh, Achyad, welcome. Uh, thank, thank, thank you, you so for much, being Misha. here. Yeah, thank you so much for ah. this kind invitation. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And thanks for for Sander for nominating my name to be here with you tonight. Yes, yes, yes. that's really uh, good of him. Um, could you tell me like? Uh, Who is Ariad and um, how are you connected to Groningen? Our show is a bit uh, about Groningen, uh, people from the from here or that have something with, with this area, the north of the Netherlands, entrepreneurs, uh, decision makers in companies, opinion leaders, uh, people that try to get something going, uh, get something moving into this world. Uh, what, what's your uh, link to Groningen and, and maybe also a bit that, that type of role that I just described? Uh, what do you have with Groningen in that regards? Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much again, Misha. Um, I'm a Syrian refugee who came in the Netherlands in 2014. Um, in Syria back there before the war I was doing uh, international business and management studies but also project management of course as you know every uh, a new grown up uh, a person has a dreams to, to accomplish in his, own, in his home country and for me it was about uh, starting an own consultancy to provide self-development training right. um, in 2010 actually what happens back there in Syria that we have start to feel that there is something wrong is going in the country but uh, Um, I come from the Hofstad, from the capital, Damascus, which is in the middle of Syria. So yeah. we didn't really feel that the danger is, is, is near to us, if I may to say, because it was more in the dorps, uh, uh, in, the, in the provinces on the borders of Syria. So we didn't really felt it. But uh, after a few years, after one year and a half, we start seeing that there is a real something happening mm -hmm. uh, in our country, which we were touching that by seeing on the TV what's happening in other countries. And so you didn't see it at your own TV channels. Well, it was, but there's you know there's always this 
yeah, I don't, I don't like to speak about uh, uh, politics, but there's always this game about uh, this party showing their own perspective yeah. to the to the situation, and other uh, channels showing another perspective. So you right. know, like for a moment, you cannot believe one, but you just see what you are seeing on your, on your own eyes. Yeah, and hopefully, for me self, uh, I I never saw a real thing or. For example, people who who died on front of my eyes, but still, you know, the feeling of that you are not safe it gives you a, a sort of a motivator to push you to do something, to act. Because I mean, in in 2013, 2014, I was not able to attend to my university. I was a third year student uh, doing uh, two studies in English and in Arabic, and yeah, you know, it, it's really hard to you if you know that you are that step close for your dream just to get graduated and start and you're not able to go to university yeah so for me the university was closed because of it was too dangerous well it was not closed but you never know when for example a rocket could fall on you or 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 a a, a party could could kidnap you for example just for asking for money or something yeah so you never felt like okay it's safe you know and you don't even have the power to provide anything because yeah because it's it's not Showing you that there is a reason of of keep fighting in 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 your own country just to fight for your dreams even you know yeah yeah so I needed to take an action in 2014 I mean I'm I'm the only kid or the only boy for my family uh, I do have also a sister yeah but I needed to take step I mean I could stay there and just watch and wait till something a miracle happens but. I saw that a lot of hundred thousand of people has just traveled, has just uh, been refugeed to another countries in Europe, and I thought I think this is the only solution that I do have for myself. Yeah. Um, actually, only in two weeks I have taken that step that I'm going to travel, and of course for my family it was not a normal thing just to accept it. But I didn't have any other chance. I mean, um, well, it's funny. The Syrian passport is the most expensive passport in the whole world for this year. It's it costs you around oh. 800 euros. But what is funny about it that you are not able to travel anyway with with even with though the you Syrian have a passport. passport. Yeah, because there is a sort of regulation about the Syrians from all of the world. You know those kind of regulation and 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 rules that they are making. Yeah. So for me, I didn't have any other chance just to travel to Europe in non legal way, just to get a normal life. You know, just like to finalize my education, uh, get into the employment market, and work and being a productive person. Yeah. And did you got here all by yourself, or did you have family going with you? Uh, actually, I came to here with my sister, her husband, and her uh, daughter, and the brother, of, the brother of my sister' husband. All right, yeah. they they still here? Yeah, in, they, in they live here in Groningen. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. yeah well, that was a sort of uh, also motivator for me to take that step because I'm not going to do this on my own. Got it. Uh, well, it's 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 a real hell trap, if I may to say. If you ask any person who came in the same way I did, he will tell you that he would never do this if he knew what's going to happen in that road. I mean, it's not easy thing to do. Um, I still remember with the tears in my eyes and, and a pain in my heart, I needed to say goodbye to my family on the 15th of uh, July, yeah. uh, 2014. And um, it took me one month to arrive just from Syria, Damascus to the Netherlands. Right. Um, I took the long way, if, if, if I may to call it. Uh, we traveled from uh, Syria to Lebanon uh, with a bus and then from Lebanon to Algeria legally with the airplane. Yeah. And then we needed to go illegally from Algeria to Libya. Just cross the borders and, and you know, there's uh, an army there. And if they feel something not wrong, they have a permission to just 
do act. On, on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you never are ensured that you are going to arrive your destination. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully we arrive to Libya. We stayed there for, I think, for around 20 days in Libya, waiting every day until the smuggler comes to us and say, today you leave. Yeah. Well, that day comes and um, he came to us and he said, today you are going to travel to Europe. Uh, they took us by the boats across from Libya to Italy. Yeah. Well, and that's I, super dangerous, right? You hear so many reports of people drowning and... Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And, and like, it's like you are not able to think about what's going to happen when you are there. You're just asking the God, whatever it is, he, she, it, whatever it is upstairs, you're just asking for mercy and asking if you have the chance for another life, so just let it be. Yeah. But just don't leave us in this situation. We were around 250 in a small boat and we run the fuel run of, run of, of our boat. We don't have water, we don't have drink. Well, hopefully that no one died on that boat. And, yeah. and the Italian military, they came to us, the Navy, and they risked us. But we had 14 hours in the middle of the sea with nothing. Yeah. That is the point. Where but what the, didn't people like collect? I can imagine you collect supplies before you're gonna go, or yeah, how, well, how did that work? Yeah, well, they give you only water because they think that the, the Italian military, if everything went well, they will pick you up in around six hours. Right. So you have a package on your on your back, but I mean, if something happened, it you might take have, a lot longer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, for us, it's a good way scenario that we had only 14 hours. I know people who traveled from uh, Egypt, and it took them around a week. You yeah. just arrived to the, to Italy, which is it's also crazy. unbelievable. I yeah, mean, yeah. And, and then you you arrived in Italy. You, you made your way uh, by land then uh, further to the Netherlands, or did you stay somewhere else for a while yeah. and, and then came here? Yeah, actually, we stayed in Italy uh, for around four days because you know, in in that moment when the army came to risk us, you everyone on that boat has the feeling that there is something gave us the chance. To have a second life. Yeah. While a lot, a hundred, a thousand of people didn't have that chance. So that moment, of course, you start feeling that you are here for a reason and mm -hmm. you should deliver what you came for to this world. Yeah. To accomplish your, 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 your mission. Uh, indeed, we stayed around, yeah, four or five days in, in Italy just to recover mentally because, I mean, we are in shock about what has happened with us on that boat and in the whole uh, trip. Yeah. So it, it's something unbelievable. And every person you ask now who take the same route, again, he will never tell you that I will do it after what he have seen, what, yeah. he, what happens. So we just stayed for a few days. And then my plan was to go to Sweden. But, well, I mean, I start comparing the weather out there with our weather. So you start feeling like, okay, this is not really a thing. But also the process there for refugees, it mm. took a little longer because, I mean, Sweden has uh, the like the biggest amount of refugees yeah. who came uh, yeah, to Sweden yeah. in the last few years. Um, I also do have a relative here in the Netherlands. He came before me. So he gave me an advice that, okay, if you want to come to Holland it's or Netherlands, it's a really great thing because... At least most of the Dutch people speak English. I think uh, Netherlands now is number one in whole Europe uh, with a like, second language uh, yeah. that they speak English. And I was also comparing with Deutschland, uh, Germany. Well, they not all speak Dutch, uh, sorry, uh, German, Dutch. And also, you know, like uh, the possibilities there are not 
similar to the Netherlands uh, yeah. as an international country. I mean, as a as a as a place that uh, has all kind of nationalities in in the work or in the social normal life. Yeah. Yeah. So I took the train from Italy to uh, uh, the Netherlands and I arrived in the Netherlands, I remember, on 22 of August uh, 2014. And it was so funny because I arrived with all of Missy uh, yeah, layout. Long, long I, Jeremy. Exactly. Jeremy. And I have entered the, poli- the police station and I told them, I'm a Syrian refugee and I just arrived and I don't know what to do. Please just help. And he was like like looking at me and say, you're not a refugee, just go find another place. It was really funny because like I was really on a mess and I give my passport but yeah for him he didn't imagine like this could be a refugee who speak well good English if I may to say and yeah 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 it was a funny thing I stayed one day in Amsterdam and then of course took the whole process of refugees who are just arrived to the yeah, Netherlands yeah because it must have been confusing for you like you arrived and that what now Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like nobody knows, only the police station, but even for them was, yeah, they misunderstand how I look like compared yeah. to, a, to a, a refugee who knock on their door normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then what? So you, you went through the initial phase of, of getting to know, like, what, what do I do? How's the integration process? And yeah. um, at, at some point you... Like you, you started moving on and then building up your life here. Indeed. Uh, how yeah. did that look? Like, because yeah. you, you, you started a business, you you start went on to university. Yeah, yeah. Was that a gradual process, or was there some point where okay, now I have finished off these steps, I have a place to live, and I, I, have, I don't know yeah. what, what was involved, but or or and was it very abruptly? Like, okay, now I'm gonna switch it around, or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, Misha, look, for, for refugees, it's still so vague for them how, where is the, the, the point that they would start from? Because for us, it's a new system, a new yeah. society, a new culture. Uh, the communication is, is a little, um, has a little small gap, let's say. And um, as all of the refugees who came to the Netherlands, I had a process of around one year moving in camps. Yeah. Uh, but finally, I uh, came in uh, the camp in the Azadse of uh, Haran. Yeah, uh, in Onan, and from there I knew that here, here where it starts. I still right. remember the first day I came to Groningen Station. Um, it was so rainy, and I was so not used to all of the weather no. that you guys here have in in, in the Netherlands. Uh, there were a, a really old woman who told me, as she asked me where I'm, fr- where am I from, and she told me, "You are a young man. You are going to really get benefit out of Groningen because it's the international student uh, province." Yeah. yeah, and I didn't understand what. She say that time because I was just thinking that it's raining I don't know how to arrive to the camp and <laughs> yeah. a messy situation but indeed now I do see what she meant yeah um, you're just I, looking for an umbrella somewhere exactly exactly <laughs> uh, will I get uh, uh, moved or verhoused uh, to my house here in Groningen in Korveg um, a, a nice provincie uh, of course yeah um, well as all of the refugees there is a process after you receive your residence of staying in the Netherlands and the first thing regarding rules is learn language like with the integration system learning mm-hmm. the language is number one yeah. that you, sh- you need to do well of course you need to learn the language it's it's like uh, uh, an, an uh, essential thing to do but of course there's a lot of uh, parts that you need also to have or to learn uh, during your integration system like yeah. it's not all about the language um, I actually have attended around only three or four months uh, 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 with Dutch uh, course languages uh, or Dutch courses language but for me I didn't 
like uh, uh, um, cleared. Uh, I didn't learn the Dutch uh, through the schools yeah. because for me, I was trying always to speak English, and I was also have I had in mind that I want to continue my study here in English. So yeah. there were not a real motivator for me that okay, I need to take Dutch into uh, a, a priority to right. put it on my priority list. Yeah, because what were you doing in the meantime? Sorry, no, what what were you doing in the meantime? You're saying like uh, the, the study of Dutch wasn't wasn't my priority. So what were yeah. you focused on? Getting set up for school, things like that. Uh, actually, when I first arrived to Groningen and get my house, because I do speak English and I'm a little social in the in the new society. Yeah, uh, I have uh, I got a volunteering uh, experience in money organizations here in Groningen, and uh, through Humanitas, uh, it's one of the biggest organization who help newcomers here in Groningen. Yeah, um, I met a person. She's one of the high status in, in Humanitas, uh, Elizabeth. And um, she told me that she could have a chance for me to co- to like continue studying here in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And I was so enthusiastic about knowing what's going to happen. Uh, she actually con- connected me with the Dean of the International uh, Business uh, Studies here in Hansa School, Mrs. Uh, Mr. Kate. Thank Kate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I went there and I was so really looking forward about, okay, this is how it starts. This is the first step. Now, if I make it, yeah, like the whole world is going to open the doors for me. Indeed, I went there with, with my CV so well prepared and I enter the dean's office and I start... Uh, uh, yeah, a sort of interview. I start introducing myself to him with my CV, all of the accomplishments I have made, and I told him I really need to finish my studies. And yeah. I did the same uh, 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 um, studies in Syria w- with the same books, etc. And I need to do this. Yeah. Um, actually, after the, the interviews I have made, um, he gave me an uh, examination to start this study and freestanding. And for that, I was the first Syrian refugee who studies in Hansa School. Oh, really? It, it was a really a real motivator for me because I needed also to show all of the like lecturer who's do, who's working there, all of yeah. the people, all of my fellow uh, students that we are also people who can do a real thing you know because for people it was still new like a Syrian refugee in the class well you know they have a little of uh, um, a vague information about how is his culture how do they deal with people people are having question marks uh, about refugees in, in general if I may to say yeah. So, just for people uh, listening or watching, in, yeah. in, a, in a few sentences, what is, uh, how would you describe, of course, we're not trying to stereotype, but no, like an average Syrian in, t- in terms of, uh, yeah, what type of people they are. Uh, about the Syrians, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they are a real hard worker, if I may to say. Um, in uh, only the changes from 2017 till the 2018, yeah. there is uh, 2,200 new Syrian entrepreneur here in the Netherlands. Uh, wow. Even even the, the Dutch government, they are really surprised with these numbers because there is a real huge increasing with the entrepreneurship, uh, yeah, refugees as entrepreneurs. Yeah, and is it higher than if, if you look at uh, newcomers from other countries? Well, it is regarding my experience and regarding the governmental researches and results that they have made within the statistics. Yes, yeah. yes. Because so probably in Syria already there's a lot of entrepreneurship going on. Like. Actually, it's it's something as a as a, a mindset uh, as a culture is it's it's a tradition. For example, uh-huh. um, um, in Syria, my family has the biggest uh, cookies factory. Oh, wow. uh, and for us as a family, we should keep running this business regardless if you yeah. 
it's a men yeah, it's a, a, a mental thing but regardless if you would like to do another thing yeah it's a family business so you need to keep on this family business yeah so yes uh, in, in Syria there's a lot of entrepreneurs and there's a lot of successful people who had started a real big companies from nothing even without any kind of education yeah well I mean if, for example I would give a really funny example that people don't know uh, Steve Jobs right. Steve Jobs is Syrian Oh really? He's a Syrian person. He got adopted by an American family, but he's a genetically he's Syrian. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and his name is Mustafa. And really, originally from his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he has been adopted when he was a real kid, like a few days old. Yeah, like a baby. Yeah. 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 So I, I would say we do have this kind of mindset that entrepreneurship and 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 we are really sort of active people who would really like to do a lot of things yeah. in our countries or outside. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but but you told me uh, earlier before the we started the interview, you're the only child uh, for the family. For the family, yeah. so th that means you're gonna have to take over the cookie business. Right? Well, I, I would do that in the end, but of course, um, I do have a lot of uh, uh, a biggest dream even now for my company, Consultech. Um, I would like to build that bridges in between. For now, it's only in between Netherlands and, and Syria. I would like to do a lot of big things uh, regarding the network regarding the, the the experience that i have built over here yeah but i mean of course you would always find a way to merge everything together so every every person or every partai they could benefit out of it yeah yeah because yeah. why how did you start uh, your own business you started your own business here in groningen yeah um what drove you was that something you i mean was it like so obvious to you like you've always wanted to start your own business because yeah. uh, what you said you come from a, a family of entrepreneurs and it's the kind of culture from syria or yeah. was there some type of driver that you said like okay i can go to uh, try to work at a big corporate and yeah. uh, work my way up there or i can start my own business and, and i made exactly. a decision there how did, how did that work out for you yeah exactly well misha as you have mentioned um i had um in, in a period of three years here in the netherlands i had four different jobs so for me of course the entrance is to get into that job because everywhere in the world uh, with, with the entrepreneurship and, and employment uh, world uh, you need to make network yeah your network is what like what the worth of your, your net network worth. is the worth of yourself or your company yeah so it works the same way in syria but in a little different uh, uh, concepts uh, if i may to say um the first thing you did to do here is to meet a lot of people who could be able to link you or uh, uh, have a sort of win-win uh, 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 relationship yeah so for me i have started uh, as an instructor in alpha college which was one of my biggest achievement as a new refugee in the netherlands yeah and actually it all comes you ask me about have you planned for this or does it comes for like uh, on uh, consequences um like regarding my, my planning my career here well yeah. actually when i went to uh, hans hochschool as a first refugee student there syrian refugee Um, it, it starts that the network around me to talk about it because it's still new for, for example, organization who helps uh, newcomers. It's still new for them how this guy get that uh, place in Hansa. Yeah. So people started talking about it. And via that, I have met uh, the uh, uh, manager from the education and in Borgering integration uh, manager from Alpha College, Rudy Knoll. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, actually, I I learned through my living here that you really need to be real direct with 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 people. Yes. So that's what I we met like. him. Yeah, indeed. And I met him. I introduced myself, and I told him I start my study, but I need to find a job because this is how it works here in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. You take study financing, but it's not enough. So you need to find a side job. Yeah. Um, actually, what I have done in the last uh, three years when I was in Syria, it's uh, have been trained to be a trainer, a self development trainer. Uh-huh. So before I travel, I got my certificate. It's a British certified certificate from a big organization called Elaf Train and I got my certificate as an effective trainer so my dream back there in Syria to start within this path of training yeah because training company uh, well self-development training regarding uh, regardless regardless if it's for companies or individuals all right Yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, that was where it starts uh, with with the mindset of training and self-development and public speaking back there in Syria. And when I came to here, when I met the, the, the manager, Rudy Knoll, I told him I would like to work. Yeah. And here is my competences. Here is my skills. And I would like to do something with those. Um, I had few interviews with Alpha Collegia and indeed I... Like I took m- my position as an instructor there and I've worked for them, I think, around eight months. Yeah. And of course, during that, I was building a huge network because still, when, when you get a first step, it all comes after each other without planning it. But it all comes. All good vibes, all sure, good things yeah, are yeah. going to cover you. And I met a lot of people from different organizations or companies from the Gemeente. It was a great start. Not not. Like not um, not only for me, but for every person who would like to start a thing, it starts with the network, with building a real network here in yeah. the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, after working eight months, I stopped and I worked in, a, in another company for Build Alchtone with George Arkel. Uh, we provided some kind of theater shows, inspirational uh, and motivational speeches for Dutch people, but also for uh, other newcomers. Yeah. And I, I had also another two jobs. Um, in the end, uh, in, in the end of 2017, I was thinking about, okay, uh, I'm able to provide my services, if I may to say, on my own. I'm, I'm able yeah. to be an entity. And I have built a great network here in Groningen. So why I just don't take that way? I mean, it's still so, so, so much fake for me. Entrepreneurship and the rules, BTV, income blasting, and yeah. It's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of work to learn. But I mean, you should to take that step. Let's just If do you it. don't take the risk, you never win. Yeah. You need sometimes to do it. Um, I, I, I got directly that I, the idea that I need to take it. And indeed, in 2018, January. Yeah. I have uh, uh, registered Consultech in the KVK and it was of course still a vague state for me okay now I have like uh, registered the company what's going to be next yeah. how how am I going to deal with all of these regulations but I mean of course as I have told you uh, told you there's a lot of network around me who has helped me a lot in building this entity yeah and and what does what does Consultech do Exactly. Or did it did it evolve like what you did back then? Is, are you still doing that? What, what what does your company do mainly? Exactly. Well, the first thing came into my mind when I started Consultec is that I would like to provide self development training for newcomers. For example, people who come from uh, an Arabic culture. Yeah. I would like to provide those training in Arabic. Um, there is a lot of organization who are doing that self development training, but the problem is yeah. that they are providing this in Dutch. And I mean, if you look at it from a refugee perspective, um, when you provide me something with Dutch, if I'm not really uh, having a real high level uh, in in speaking and understanding Dutch, I will have a double problem, which is misunderstanding the language 
and getting the information about the course you are providing me. Right. So for, for, for me, I have felt that and I have, I was fighting for that, that I would like to do that in Arabic. Yeah. So that was the first inspirational reason for me that, okay, I do have already presented a lot of uh, uh, courses back there in Syria. I have trained around 300 person in Syria and I would like to do that here still in Arabic so people can benefit out of it. Yeah. So um, that's why the first uh, uh, service we do provide in Consultech, it's self-development training. We provide it in several languages. Of course, we do have uh, several coaches who we work with as freelancers. Uh, and we do provide uh, various uh, uh, workshops, uh, subjects. Well, right. it, it goes from the 21st century skills, uh, the NLP. Uh, we do have also something about the entrepreneurship. If people would like to start their own businesses, we do also present something about the employment market uh, and how you can apply for a job, CV, yeah. resume, all of those kind of 21st century skills that person need to improve their integration yeah yeah awesome yeah. and and do you, who are the who are your clients who are the people paying for the service are those those the people you're training or is there an overarching uh, organization that yeah. that uh, hires you for that exactly well it, it depends it depends on how big the project is uh, yeah. for example if there is just a training or for example we do also provide business consulting services also uh, we do also provide event management events management which could be integrational cultural events musical so newcomers and international and dutch people could meet yeah. for a better integration um, those kind of services it could be provided on several manners if i may to say of course sometimes we get one time uh, 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 yeah one time uh, project from yep. organization but for example uh, from since last year we are working together with the MEA Day, link 050 mm -hmm. they have a new project it's called migranten anzet And it's funded by the European Union. So together with them, we are uh, providing for the newcomers the first uh, free English and computer courses here in Groningen, which we are cool. really proud of. Yeah, we uh, we do have more than 350 uh, registered participants only in these two programs. We have started last year and we had the chance to continue this year. So it's a real great thing to provide because we We can see that people do miss this kind of experience, yeah. which also helps in integration or in study, you know? And do you think the, the participants are those, the people that are actually the most proactive ones uh, arriving here? Uh, the people that are really um, trying to make the most of it, the, mo the most entrepreneurial ones, let's say? Or are there also people that are... Um, Yeah, maybe a bit more like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. And yeah. they end up at the training for some, uh, I don't know, they're yeah. being directed there by somebody else yeah. or... Yeah, well, well, we do have both of the situations because, as I as I said, uh, my English, for example, really helped me in integrating here in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, for other people, you have a hundred of people who do have a real uh, qualifications and skills. But unfortunately, I'll give you a small example. Uh, unfortunately, a lawyer... A lawyer who had studied for five, six years in Syria and had, a, for example, experience for a couple of years yeah. back there in Syria, he's not able to work here because, I mean, regarding right. regulations and uh, the diploma indications, the validation, it's not... It's not comparable. There's still uh, a difference yeah. that they see in between those two uh, diplomas, yeah. the Dutch and the Syrian. So, of course, there is people who feel lost about uh, what we are going to do. For example, if am I a doctor, if, if I'm now 40, 50 years old and I am a doctor, 
Yeah, and I difficult. have made a lot of things back there in my country. And now I'm here again. I'm old and I need to learn the language and I need to integrate and finally find a job. Sometimes I do see people that they feel sorry for themselves because they are not able to take the same uh, social grade that they have back there in Syria. Right. So, of course, some of them, they come to us, uh, they would like to learn more about how can I integrate into the employment market, how I can apply for a job, how yeah. I can learn more about the culture uh, of the work here in the Netherlands. So, of course, there is a people who's trying to do things, but there's still people who would like to take that push or that like to carry their hands and show them the past because right. they are still lost. And then it becomes very... Uh, like intrinsic, like going deep, right? Where you have to help them overcome that barrier of saying, okay, I need to take a step back from where I was, like yeah. a very successful, uh, loved and famous yeah. doctor or hairdresser or whatever they might have been. Yeah, indeed, and, indeed, and, and, yeah. And yeah. go a few steps back and yeah. start again to, to yeah. get back there. Yeah. But I mean, right. this is the right thing because I mean, this is life. It's up and downs. If you don't, I mean, for my study, uh, I did three years in Syria yeah. and I came to here and the only uh, uh, choice I had is to recede the whole studies. I did recede the whole study. I did take everything I have passed back there in Syria yeah. again. But I mean, I didn't have any other choice. And because of my study, because I accepted to repeat it all over again with the study, there is a lot of doors has opened for me. A lot of people have met me and give me a real great encouragement to fight for what I want, to chase my dreams. Yeah. And I mean, this is how it works. If you are not able to fight for what you want, then you don't have, you know, you don't have the right. I'm not going to say. Yeah, no, well, if you are not, if you are not willing to fight, you are not going to, to, to have the dream you have in your mind. I mean, yeah, this is how life is. Yeah. You fall, but you get up again. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, of course, we do feel sorry sometimes for those people, but we should encourage them. We should to take with their hands and show them that things could be done in a different way. And who knows? Maybe this different way is the great way for you. I yeah. mean, you never know what is the best until you try. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Um, I have a question from uh, our, our previous guest here, Arjan Krasnici, um, the uh, owner and founder of Visia Recruitment, a recruitment company uh, uh, in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. uh, his question to you is, um, what, and you answered that partly already, uh, yeah. but what was your biggest challenge uh, that you have to overcome in order to start to start your own business and to uh, to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, first of all is the regulations. There is a huge difference with the regulation in our country and here in Europe. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, the BTV, uh, the income blasting, uh, the angiftas and every three months you should to upload your uh, finance, those kind of things, there were back in, in Syria, but not with the same com complicity. Yeah. Like not that really a lot of things that you need to do. And um, like even back there in Syria, there is not no real BTV. Like the, the taxes there, it's there's no real taxes. It's it's really a All percent right. that it's like you will feel shy to ask what is the taxes are. Of course, that is before the war. Now everything's changed with the war and, and, right, and all of right. those re rebuilding. They need, yeah. they need money for that, of course. Yeah. And also building the network. It was a little hard for me building the network that I do need. I mean, now it cost me five years. I do live now five years in the Netherlands. And after five yeah. years, I would say, okay, I do have a network around the Netherlands that could help me with my dreams or accomplishing 
uh, uh, projects or and activities that would benefit all kind of uh, society or the newcomers. Yeah. But that took a while. And I mean, there is a social people, but there's also those people who feel shy to, to integrate somehow. So... Yeah, because I, I can imagine, uh, well, I know Dutch people a little bit. I've also traveled to other countries. Mm-hmm. We are not the most open people, uh, if you if you generalize it very much. Um, try to just take a step back and look a little bit like what the other person is about. Yeah. And um, I've seen other cultures, other countries where people are a lot more like, hey, come in, yeah. let's have dinner with us or, you know, that type yeah. of, in- involve them in their group. Mm-hmm. I think that's in general a lot less here. Did you experience that? Well, not with work, not with work. With the work, it was open, but maybe, maybe because um, when I start building my network, I was already a part of uh, an entity like Alpha Collegia, my first job in the Netherlands. Yeah. Maybe because I was there, uh, people in my work environment or new people in the work environment are more open to accept me because... Yeah, you're already part of the gang. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, in my so in my normal social life, I did have a lot of uh, sort of gaps uh, in building relationship with people. I mean, yeah. we all of... Newcomers have faced that, but uh, now after a few years of uh, living together, uh, even Dutch people start to learn and see more about newcomers, which has decreased uh, the vague percentage. For me, for example, as a Dutch person, that the picture or the the, the generalizing that I have heard about a refugee whenever yeah. he came from. That is decreasing now because, like the news, uh, uh, the journals, every, in everything you every day will see something about refugee, something good. Yeah, yeah. So that is also is encouraging, a building a great integration ecosystem here in the Netherlands. Um, also, something that I have faced um, as a as a not a problem, but that has reduced my uh, increasing within my work is that also for some of organization or companies they don't they cannot tell you directly that we would like to work with you on this because for them it's still fake for you about this is a Syrian for example newcomer who just started his business Yeah. so in other provinces I mean uh, it's still for them fake about how we could build a proper salmon uh, yeah, partnership salmon working with him yeah so it, they, they, they think this can't be real or well like- they 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 took a sort of uh, uh, um, I'd say it like they put a kind of uh, uh, a wall in between just to make sure that you do have the same mindset of working uh, you right. do work in the same way we work so until they understand how does your work culture is yeah. it took a time or um, yeah they, they felt afraid in the first about doing a thing with yeah. us yeah I understand yeah, yeah. Um, if, if you look at Um, Syria's now rebuilding. Of course, there's still uh, stuff going on, but but there's also a lot of, uh, I guess, I can imagine the feeling like uh, the worst is past now and uh, we're, we're trying to yeah, well, take yeah. some careful steps forward. Yeah. Do you see any opportunities for uh, entrepreneurs, businesses from Groningen or the Netherlands or Europe in Syria? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, of course, maybe not at the moment, because as I mentioned in the first, uh, there is a, a, a sort of regulations that is based on dealing uh, commercially with, with Syria from the European Union, America, right. uh, other uh, worldwide countries in the world. So for now, it's not possible for now. But I mean, now Syria, as you said, it's rebuilding. There is still some places, small places that it's not totally safe. Yeah. But 
I mean, I hope that in maybe two, three years, it's open again to have a sort of importing, exporting and having a commercial, normal economy. Yeah. Uh, there, there, like there's no business lines possible at all. Or do you mean I cannot register as a business in Syria? Well, or, or can I also not do business with a Syrian company? For now, everything is prevented. Like you are, you are not able, for example, to import and export and do co- those kind of things. Okay. So, yeah, for now, it is like Just this. for safety. Exactly. For, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. that but, makes uh, sense. Yeah, but I mean, of course, in the future, we would have a, a huge kind of cooperation together. I mean, importing and exporting, that is a real thing that we could build a network in between Netherlands and Syria. Yeah. Uh, also, the training, for example, I mean, technology over here uh, that could do a great things back in Syria, rebuilding. Yeah. Also, I mean, now Syria will be open again for uh, all of those rebuilding uh, processes and a lot of organization and companies would like to invest yeah. uh, in, in Syria. I mean, the same happened in, in Lebanon around, I think, 10 years ago. A lot of companies has invested in Lebanon to rebuild it again. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, of course, building also their own companies there as a Dutch companies or international companies. Right. Yeah. So infrastructure, construction building, those type of things. Training, you know, yeah, training. IT. All of those kind of things, yeah, yeah, yeah importing, exporting, yeah, cool, yeah. I, I uh, hear heard uh, because you, you know China's building this uh, the new Silk Road. Mm-hmm. They're building new train, uh, among other like sea routes. They're also building train roads mm-hmm. from China to Europe. Yeah, uh, I heard they're they're also very interested or maybe already working on a line going through Syria. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so. Syria is like on the on the map. Syria is a real uh, interested uh, gateway for. Uh, 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 importing and export so uh-huh. yeah yeah and and that is by the mediterranean sea so i would understand why it's interesting for them to make it because because it links turkey with like, uh, turkey uh, iraq uh, uh, palestine uh, uh, jordania right yeah yeah syria it's a kind of in the middle of all of those uh, uh, functional countries like i mean I- I- turkey is a really functional uh, 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 yeah. country as a producer yeah for yeah, example yeah, yeah. Okay, no. well, that, that sounds like uh, maybe a few. And how long ahead do you think we are speaking when when there's really gonna get uh, we're gonna get see some movement in in terms yeah. of the economy and and development? Well, regarding the news, regarding what is happening now, I hope something with within two years. I hope. All right, but I mean, it, it, it depends on 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 how politician would like that to be. I mean, in the last. From from my opinion, it is a game, and they would like they are doing it in the say in the way they want it to be. Yeah. So if I'm looking now into the situation, it could take a couple of years, two or three maximum. But I mean, we never knows what happens. We never know when something comes again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, uh, you guys all uh, as a country deserve. Uh, yeah, a very bright future. So I really hope for uh, some some quick and some some beautiful developments there. Oh, and let's so talk much. about your future specifically. Um, how do you uh, see Consultech developing, and how are you gonna? I don't know. You mentioned a bit about the the competitive field that you're in. You're kind of uh, distinctive in that that you that you uh, teach or that you uh, do the the sessions in English. Exactly. Uh, do you also see competitors coming up, and how are you planning to stay ahead of the the competition? Yeah. Well, if I'm comparing Consultech into uh, other Dutch companies or organizations who provide the same kind of workshops or services, I'm not able to say I'm on the top of that list. 
But uh, if I'm going to compare that with companies or organizations who provide uh, training in, in different languages like uh, Arabic, English, and uh, uh, Tigrinya, yeah. then I would say, yes, we are unique in those services we are providing. Um, well, if, if, if I'm going to compare, I don't see any kind of other competitor than, for example, the Dutch competitor as as in the market because there's yeah. no other for example refugee uh, uh, as i know i may uh, here in in netherlands who is providing the same uh, services that we hopefully do hopefully they're not listening and they're thinking that's a great no, idea it's, it's, yeah <laughs> well no of course uh, actually what we are doing uh, there is uh, other uh, uh, entrepreneurs here yeah. in the netherlands who are providing similar things but not the same but similar things yeah what we are trying to do is building partnership with them for great. example there is a, a great uh, it and applause solutions a company it's called aspirazis yeah and uh, they provide for example the vsa uh, which is the uh, workshop about the safety in work vsa yeah yeah and um, also for example uh, 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 driving license for newcomers in arabic and in uh, tigrinya all oh, right so yeah. we don't provide those services but we have made our first strategic partnership with them yeah. to provide a better courses a better e-learning system to the newcomers freely presented yeah so when we see that there is a sort of competition. We try to make it as one platforms for both of us. I mean, if you look into Consultech, the best segmentation is the newcomers. But of course, we do work with uh, international students, with uh, sometimes with Dutch organizations or companies. So if you look into the newcomers, our main goal is to help in empowering, not doing this on our own. Because I right. mean, as a refugee, I'm not able to deliver the greatest quality those newcomers deserve to be able to build together with Dutch people, the economy, the, the society, to live in a better way. Yeah. I'm not able to do that on my own. And that's why we are trying always to build partnerships with a lot of Dutch and non-Dutch companies or organizations because we have a, a, a human a human, a human goal, if, yeah. I, if I may to, to say, that is empowering the integration system. So That sounds very good. Yeah, so it's, it's not yeah. about competition. But I mean... Yeah, if you look into Consultech, we are providing a unique services that is never provided in the whole Netherlands. Yeah. I mean, those kind of free courses, thanks to the European Union, they are funding those programs because they are seeing the need of it here yeah. in yeah. the Netherlands. Yeah. So it's yeah. your focus on a niche and and your constant uh, strive, strive to, to, to go into strategic partnerships and, and yeah. grow your grow your offer in that way, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and you as maybe as a business, but as a person, maybe going into other ventures and your own development, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you still going to be here in Groningen? Well, I have, I had the same question, uh, around, I think three months ago. I had an interview with Het Portal, Het Portal. It's a, 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 an, um, an, an journal in Amsterdam. Yeah, at, at, Brol, at yeah, Brol. sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they interviewed me for the same reason about, are you going to stay in the Netherlands? What is your plan? And um, they were surprised that I am not planning or aiming to stay in the Netherlands as like leaving my whole life in the Netherlands. Yeah. I mean, of course, I have applied for Dutch nationality. I hope I will be also a Dutch in one year now. Uh, but I mean, of course, I still do have that feeling that I have been raised in my own country for 18 of years. Course, yeah. And my family is still there. Uh, the people I know, half of them or the part of them, they're still there. Uh, my country need me, really needs me to build all over again. Yes, I mean, yes. if people who is educated, who has the will 
to build their country. If they don't go back, who will build our country for us? Right. No one will do that. No one. I mean, so that is the number one motivator that I want to go back to my country. So yeah. if you ask me where you see yourself in 10 years now, I would say a, a, a Syrian Dutch entrepreneur who's leaving. It could be that I'm leaving in between Netherlands or maybe the whole Europe and Syria. Um, I would like to, gray, to to build a great bridge in between Dutch, uh, Netherlands and the Syria. I, um, it could be in training or it could be in other field of development. Um, I, I, I cannot say that I won't be in that uh, cookies factory because it's, uh, it's a, a traditional lot of pressure, thing. Huh? Yeah, no, yeah. no it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing, actually. actually. And I have started there with the quality yeah. field, with HR management. And you must have seen that your whole life, like... How, how, how it's, how it's being run, how, how that type of business is done. Uh, sorry, one more time. You you probably seen that growing up as a kid, your your parents yeah. or your grandparents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, my grandfather has started it, and then uh, my father, my uncles, has took over, and now it's our turn to continue yeah. the family job. So, next generation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, this is how I do. Yeah, this is how I do see myself in in ten years. A person who's trying to link all of this great. People I have met uh, uh, here in the Netherlands, but also around the world, I can yeah, I see that I can make that great bridge to empower and build, regardless if it was Syria or Netherlands or maybe somewhere else in Europe. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, we have uh, actually my last question uh, for you would be to formulate a question for our next guest. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have somebody on the list at the moment so it's a mystery guest let's say mm -hmm. uh, so it would be a bit of a, a general question not specific for a person but for anybody sitting in, in your chair what, what would yeah. you like to know about them uh, do knowing that they're going to be either an entrepreneur decision maker uh, maybe somebody with similar drives like <laughs> yourselves what do you what would you like to know from them yeah well actually regarding the most uh, uh, subjects that we are working now in in Consultech, which is uh, integrating uh, newcomers into the Dutch employment market. Um, a lot of times we are facing a kind of uh, 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 afraidness from the companies, from the Dutch companies to hire uh, a newcomer. Yeah. Because it's, uh, as I mentioned, it's still a little fake about our work culture, if I may to say. Right. So I would ask that person that if uh, there is a, 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 um, yeah, a Syrian or an Eritrean or uh, uh, from any kind of uh, nationality, a newcomer, um, if he applied for a job and he is, uh, 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 like he has the recruitment of the requirements for the criteria that this company is offering, Are you going to think like even even if it's for a moment that this person is a newcomer or just like if he has the, re the requirements for that job, you will just directly take him into interview. Right. So basically, we treat them the same as a, a Dutch person with the or same requirements. Or an international person. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, a lot of companies are refusing, but there is that moment when people start to think, I mean, okay, a newcomer, how we could deal with him? How does it work? Yeah. Uh, what is the differences? How we can build that uh, colleague environment with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine... Personally, I was, uh, I can tell usually pretty quickly in a few minutes what type of people... Uh, I have sitting in front of me if, if it comes to like do I want to hire this person mm -hmm. but I can't imagine 
uh, that there are some uh, uh, interpersonal way of, of handling and, and, and things like that, that that might come out later that oh. you can't really estimate yet if you if you speak to somebody from a, a different culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, we'll see how that uh, turns out for the next guest. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, thank you very much for being here thank and, and spending your time and, and your your experiences also with us. Is there yeah. somewhere somewhere where people can follow you on, on social media um, or a website address? Yeah, well, of course, um, all of you could uh, follow us on uh, Consultech. Uh, console Strepiatech uh, on, on the Facebook also consultech.nl uh, uh, on our right. website so people could see maybe some of them would be interested in, in establishing uh, a sort of activities or initiatives that could help other newcomers to integrate effectively in, in, in the Netherlands right yeah. right yeah. cool yeah. well thanks again uh, thank you also for listening or watching uh, everybody watching uh, first thing you have to do right now which is very important is go to youtube and subscribe to our channel because that means you'll never have never have to miss another episode another uh interview uh from a business podcast groningen uh thanks for watching listening and uh, see you next time thank you so much misha thanks man thank you